This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. God's peace is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And God's peace is only through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus did speak of another peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I live with you. Here it is the key word, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So there's a different peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It is a peace of God, not a peace of the world. Have you found yourself enjoying the benefits of true peace lately? If you haven't, perhaps it's a good time to inspect if you've been placing your trust and faith on the unfulfilling counterfeits of this world. It's good to remember that the enemy is fervently busy in throwing distractions to get our sights off of Jesus. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will prepare us to be watchful for the enemy's tactics, to rob us of our true peace in Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he continues his study in Romans. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And here it is, through our Lord Jesus Christ. This peace with God can only come through his son, Jesus Christ. That is why Jesus says, and we quote this verse over and over again, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father. No one can go to heaven. No one can go to the Holy of Holies except through me, Jesus Christ. No one, not through Buddha, not through Muhammad, not through a particular religion or rules and rituals, but simply through Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible speaks several kinds of peace. There is a worldly peace, a worldly peace. Don't be confused by the two. It is a peace that the world tries to offer but cannot deliver. A worldly peace. Peace in the Middle East would never happen. I'm not being negative. I'm being biblical. <laughs> I know the end. You know, we have the book right in front of us, you know. The news is just confirming everything the Lord has been telling his people from day one. And it's coming to pass. We see in the United Nations that all these nations and all these leaders get together, but they're not united and they never have been and they never will. And the reason why is that this kind of peace that they try to unite together people is without God. You can't have peace without God. It's impossible because he is our Lord and Savior. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the one who created peace. Man gives you a counterfeit, and that's what the world tries to offer. And so man puts their trust in man. We think if we vote someone in office, oh, wow, it's going to be better. I'm sorry. Again, read your Bible. No one can save the world. And it's man trying to get together without God. 
We've seen it in Genesis when they build the Tower of Babel. God told the people, be fruitful and multiply, plenish the earth. But no, they said, let us get together. Let us build a tower. Let us, let us, us, us forget about what God said. And guess what happened with the Tower of Babel? You know, they started speaking in different tongues. And then they now, that forced them to go out and now dispersed around the world the way God wanted to. Yeah, it sounds great. Oh, we get together, we sing Kumbaya. It's all good, but it's a worldly peace. It's not a godly peace. And the world, Satan always tries to give you a counterfeit. Always. There's a counterfeit in love. There's a counterfeit in peace. There's a counterfeit in almost everything that God has created that's good. And this worldly peace is something that Christ has come to actually bring a divide, bring a sword. What Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus says, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now you can say, oh, wow, I thought Jesus was a man of peace. Not understanding the text, not understanding what Jesus was saying. What Jesus is saying is that he's dividing the righteous from the wicked. The righteous from the wicked. It's not a worldly peace, but it is a peace where God's going to divide the righteous from the wicked. And so God's peace is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And God's peace is only through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus did speak of another peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, peace I live with you. Here it is the key word, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So there's a different peace. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It is a peace of God, not a peace of the world. Never fall for it. Never fall for it. The enemy knows he's in the last days and he's not done. He still has a a bag full of tricks. And at the very end, he's going to fool a lot of people. Because people are not looking to Jesus. They're not looking at his word to find the truth about who Jesus is and what is peace. And you're going to read something or you're going to follow someone that's a man. As Jesus told the Jews, he says, I came to you from sent by my father, but another will come to him. You will follow and worship. And that him is speaking of the Antichrist. And that will happen. It's amazing that you and I know this. That the Lord gave us ahead of time what's going to happen. And little by little, you're seeing how the worlds are getting together. Don't be fooled. He calls you friends. He's not going to hold anything back from you. And that's good. We serve a God as a God of order. We serve a God that not only gives us peace. We serve a God that knows the end from the beginning. We know we serve a God that's telling us this is how much peace we should have because he is so much in control to tell you what's going to happen in the future. That's a peace. Now the second blessing. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access, second blessing, by faith into this grace in which we stand. Through Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. And so because we have made peace with God, we have a limited access That's the definition, unlimited access. We have access to God the Father, where that access wasn't available to all men at one time. This unlimited access to the Father, the word access here means 
entrance to the king through the favor of another. That's what this access means in the Greek. So in other words, you have access to go see the king because you know the king's right-hand man or you know the king's son. We have access to God the Father because we know the Son. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man goes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Now, we see this in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, in the temple, the Jews were kept from the Holy of Holies by a veil. A veil separated man from the Holy of Holies. And only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year to atone for the sins of the nation of Israel once a year in the Holy Holy, just one man. Outside the temple, not only the Jews are separated from the Holy Holies, outside from the temple, we have the Gentiles who were not allowed to go into the inner court. They were divided not by a veil, but by a wall. No one had access to the Father. No one had access to God. But because of Jesus Christ, and only through Jesus Christ, who had made a way where there wasn't a way, we couldn't get to the Father. It's impossible. We couldn't have peace. And if we didn't have peace, we didn't have access. But now through Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. Now we have access, unlimited access. And that took place when Jesus was crucified on the cross. When he gave up his spirit, it tells us in Matthew 27, verses 50 to 51, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. He gave up his spirit. He died on the cross. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. This is what happened in the temple. And this is a symbol that God himself ripped this veil. What does it say there? From top to bottom. Not from bottom to top, because anyone could just cut a little piece on the bottom of this veil and separate it to reach the top. Top to bottom. God himself. Is tearing down the wall that separated God and his people. It was God's plan. God had this plan from the very beginning. He loves us. He wants to be face to face with us. He wants to be at peace with us. He wants us to be at peace with him. And he made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. Now notice, we have this access to the Lord. We could go to God anytime, day or night, 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year, unlimited access to go to the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. Now notice how we have this access to God. How? Verse two, through whom we have access by faith in this grace in which we stand. We have access not because of works. You have access to God, not because of works, not because of religion, not because of a bunch of rules and rituals. You have access to the Father because of faith, your belief in God. It is by grace. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. The writer Hebrew writes, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, boldly, not to come arrogantly. In other words, we could come confidently, go without fear. We have access to the Father where no one had access before. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. This is the doctrine that's really important for you and I. And here's why. But you know when we mess up and we really blew it, we go to the Lord in prayer and we ask for forgiveness. 
You have surrendered your life. You have been justified by faith because you believed in God. You now have peace with God. You're not against God. You have access to God. Now, we go before the Lord. And here is where the enemy comes in. And say, wait a minute, you don't have access. Your access is void. You messed up. You serve a holy God. You blew it. You can't go to God. You see, if you didn't understand biblical doctrine, you would fall for that. Without anybody telling you. Because we're so embedded thinking that we have to do good in order for God to accept us. We have to be right before God could receive us. How many times do you witness the gospel of Jesus Christ to an unbeliever and they say, well, let me get my life right first. You never will. You never have. And you can't do it on your own. You come as you are. Even while we were yet sinners, he still loved us and he died for us. He loves you just the way you are. You tell him that. Listen, he loves you just the way you are. There is no sin that can separate you from the love of God. No sin. God loves you just the way you are. He refuses to leave you that way. (laughs) He refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to come to his son. He wants you to accept his son, Jesus Christ. And so now you understand the theology. You've been justified. You have peace with God. You have access through God. Why? Because of faith. So don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let no one lie to you. Don't even let him hit your conscience and say, listen, you blew it. Forget about it. (laughs) You messed up. This Christian thing is no good. You're just not good at this Christian thing. And so all of a sudden, many Christians fall for it. And now they drift away and they drift away. And here they go, the cycle again. The cycle again. Until they feel that they can get their life right, then they come back to church, then they have fellowship again. And guess what happens? No doctrine, no biblical truth. They've been reading the 10 steps to a better you, and they read it three over and over again. It's not helping them. But when you read biblical doctrine, you understand you've been justified by faith. And because you've been justified by faith, not because of what you've done, but because what he's done, it is your faith that has you peace with God. You have unlimited access to God. And therefore, you can stand with the Lord. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. I've been there. I've, I've been there and done that. It wasn't until I fully understand doctrine and the word of God to realize, you know what? He died for me. Heaven and earth would pass, but his word would never pass. And his word tells me just by believing in him, I've been justified. We've been justified. It is God's grace, God's unmerited favor. In other words, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserving privilege to come before him in his, before his throne that we which we now stand. This grace is given through Jesus Christ and it is gained by faith. So listen, saints, when you spend time in devotion, when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time on your knees, Understand and always remember you are in his presence. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. He's not only here when you're coming. He's not only in your heart or sitting next to you or giving you this feeling that he's around you only when you're in church, when you're in the car, when you're at work, 
when you're shopping, when you're, you're at home, God is always with you. And there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. You have this unlimited access. Why? You have this unlimited access because you have peace with God. And why you have peace with God? Because you've been justified. You put your faith and trust in him. You surrender your life. Always remember that you and I always, always have this access to God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand. Here it is, the third blessing. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The third blessing is hope. We have this hope. The word rejoice there is really boast. We could boast that we're going to heaven. We could boast that we could be in the presence of God. How many people could say, hey, listen, I have unlimited access to the White House. I can meet the president anytime I want. You know, if somebody had a past like that, they're going to rub it in your face. They're going to put it on Facebook. They're going to let you know. At the end of the year, Christmas card, oh, we're doing well. Or Aunt Susie, this and that. Our dog is growing. And guess what? I have unlimited access to the White House. They'll make sure you remember that they have that. We can boast. We can boast that we have unlimited access to the Father in heaven. There is no greater place. There is no other God like our God. There's none more worthy. There's none more powerful. We have unlimited access to him. And we can be confident because of what? Because of Jesus Christ. This is where a lot of also professing Christians fall. Because we're not rejoicing. We're not excited we live life and says, are you really a Christian? But you're always negative. You're always sour. You always have a bad attitude. You have a face like you don't like what's on the menu. Are you sucked on a lemon? That's a Christian? Listen, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. A peace that surpasses all understanding. I have peace with God. It doesn't matter because whatever happens, whether I live another day, two, three, four years, hopefully not too long because I want to be in the glory of God. No matter what happens, I'm going to be in its presence. We should rejoice because of this hope. We have this hope. We could be confident enough of being in glory with Christ. And that is because it's based on my faith, not based on works. How many Christians think right now that they all, oh, if they were to die right now, let's say you weren't in church, you haven't been in church for a couple of weeks, and people consider that to be some kind of work. We should be in church. Paul tells not forsake the gathering of saints. But let's say you're at a point where you're kind of cold. And if someone tell you Christ is coming this moment, but let's say, would you feel you go to heaven? Oh, you know, I haven't been right with God. Wrong thought. Wrong thought. That's the reason why you need to understand biblical doctrine. Because it's not because of what I've done lately. People may say, what have you done for me lately? But God is what Christ has done 2,000 years ago, not lately. It's not what you have done. And so we don't put our confidence. We don't have this hope. It's a hope. We know this hope. We believe that we're going to heaven. I know if I mess up, and let me tell you something. I'm, you know, again, I always say, ask my wife. <laughs> you know, I'm not perfect. But I know, I know that I know that because I'm going to heaven, not because I'm a, a good person. Because good people don't go to heaven. I'm going to heaven because my faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. That is why. So we have hope. The same thing people think. You blow it. You say to yourself, 
You're not going to heaven. And that's what happens because there's, not, there's no sound doctrine, understanding a justification by faith, and it's not of works. So we think, okay, you know. You know, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 tells us this, being confident in this very thing, being confident in this very thing, that he, the speaking of Jesus, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Who's going to complete it? He is. He's going to continue to work. Are you perfect? You're never going to be perfect until you stand in glory with God. God is always working in you. As long as you have soul and spirit in your flesh, God is continuing to work. And he began that work when you put your faith and trust in him. You put your faith and trust in him, justified by faith. You have peace with God, unlimited access. He's still working in you. Because there's a hope that we're going to get to heaven. And I love this bumper sticker that I grew up. It was, you know, I was Pentecostal and we had bumper stickers for everything. Our cars would fill all kinds of, you know, honk if you love Jesus. Bam, 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 bam. And then we get mad that people are honking behind us, right? <laughs> Why are you honking hard? You said honk if I love Jesus? <laughs> Not just kidding. But there was one bumper sticker that I really liked that really stuck to me. And it says, be patient with me. God has not finished with me yet. And we will always say that every day of our lives until we stand before in glory. He is not finished with us. When will he finish with us? When we stand in glory before him. So just a little review on some of the benefits we have. Blessing number one, we have peace with God. That peace, it now takes care of the past. We have peace with God, takes care of the past. Your sins have been washed. That's taking care of the past. You once were enemies with God. You now surrender uh, with this war against God. God wins with his love and grace. You accept, you surrender. That takes care of the past. Now we have peace with God. The second blessing deals with access with God. Is the present tense. We still have access with God. Today, you and I have access to heaven. We have access to the Father because of his son, Jesus Christ. And that's unlimited access. And the third blessing is hope. Hope takes care of what? The future. Where we will see him face to face. There is a hope. We should rejoice in this hope. We should boast in this hope because he's coming and he is coming and we will stand when that time is going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, verse three. And not only that, and I love these few words because it makes it seem like Paul is just has a bag full of these blessings. Not only that, it's like one of those commercials, but wait, there's more. Right? They give you the whole sales pitch and they just piling on the deals and deals to get you to call. But wait, there's more. And verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. That's awesome. You reading what I'm reading? We glory in tribulations. I'm We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been walking through the book of Romans with us, teaching us the truth and values found in its pages. As we continue to learn along with the recipients of Paul's letter, we'll find that the gospel message is present and practical for everyday life. If you've been touched by today's teaching and would like to listen again, you can find it on runningtheraceradio.com. 
We also encourage you to subscribe to the Running the Race podcast. When you do, you'll have access to the latest teachings as soon as they're made available. You can also connect with us on social media, like our Facebook page to join the conversation and add some encouragement to your newsfeed. Before our time with you today comes to an end, we'd like to take a moment and tell you how you can partner with us here at Running the Race. With more, here's Tracy. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that running the race is missionary work? It is. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting running the race. Go to runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Give option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. That website one more time is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks again for joining us today. Join us again for another insightful edition of Running the Race.